0: Welcome to the Not Old, Better Show, healthy living interview series on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang. And today's episode is brought to you by Startmail at Startmail.com. Private email you can trust. We have a fantastic guest today in Dr. Jennifer Goodman, author of the new book, Beyond Happiness, The Six Secrets to Lifetime Satisfaction. I'll introduce Dr. Jennifer Gutman in just a moment, but quickly, if you missed any episodes, last week was our 722nd episode when I spoke with Editor-in-Chief at Prevention Magazine, Sarah Smith. Prevention Magazine has been a leading provider of trustworthy health information, empowering readers with practical strategies to improve their physical, mental, and emotional well-being for 70 years. It was a great conversation with Sarah Smith. Two weeks ago, in honor of Pride Month, I spoke with Smithsonian Associates Dr. Sarah Clito and Dr. Brittany Warman about gender, sexuality, and the fairy tale. Excellent subjects for our Not Old Better show audience. If you missed those shows, along with any others, you can go back and check them out with my entire back catalog of shows all free for you there on our website, notold-better.com. You can Google Not Old Better and get everything you need about us. Are you happy? Nearly half of adults worldwide, 40%, would say no. The problem with this question is that since happiness is a fleeting emotion, we should be striving for something more sustainable. In Beyond Happiness, The Six Secrets of Lifetime Satisfaction, our guest today, psychologist Dr. Jennifer Gutman, guides us on how to live a deeply fulfilling, long-term life. Over the past five years, Dr. Goodman has combined both personal experience and professional insight gleaned from her three decades in private practice to introduce her theories to over two million people via her monthly articles published in Psychology Today. Society instills in us that being happy is binary. Either you are or you aren't. But happiness isn't a mindset, it's a feeling. And like any other emotion, it comes and it goes. In our interview today with Dr. Gutman, she'll empower us to achieve sustainable lifetime satisfaction.
1: I began to explore the factors that had glued me together and helped me move forward, even in the worst of times. If I could map those out, I could share my strategy. That's how sustainable life satisfaction was conceived. I realized there was a through line of techniques that had carried me across all the traumatic events of the past years. If defined resilience is the final and crucial component of an empowered life, the key to sustainable satisfaction, how do we get there? As I thought about all I'd gone through, I noticed some patterns. I had consistently done six things. I avoided assumptions. I reduced people-pleasing behavior. I faced my fears. I made decisions. I followed through and became a closer. I actively self-reinforced. As I began to teach these skills to my clients, I saw something incredible happen over and over again. As people consistently applied my sustainable life satisfaction techniques, they were not only becoming more satisfied and resilient, but they were also realizing that happiness isn't the goal, it's a feeling. It took time, motivation, and patience, but they developed the capacity to rebound and transcend, not only from ordinary everyday problems, a traffic jam that made them miss a big meeting, a child struggling with schoolwork, an argument with their partner, but also the gut punches that can cause lasting pain, like divorce, injury, illness, injustice, or the death of a loved one. Bad stuff will happen, there's no avoiding it, but we can choose to make it a path forward, a path toward hope, and nobody is exempt from possibility. My wish for you is that the path of sustainable life satisfaction will be your roadmap to your best opportunities, to your life of defiant resilience beyond happiness.
0: That, of course, is our guest today, Dr. Jennifer Gutman, reading a passage from her new book, Beyond Happiness, The Six Secrets of Lifetime Satisfaction. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better show on radio and podcast, Dr. Jennifer Gutman. Dr. Jennifer Gutman, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes, I'm excited to talk to you too. The timing is great for this. I think uh, everybody is interested in this subject of happiness. You've written this wonderful new book, Beyond Happiness, The Six Secrets of Lifetime Satisfaction. You've generously read to us. Thank you so much for all of that. Let's jump in and talk about Beyond Happiness because I think it It really is such an important subject for all of us, particularly my audience, an older age audience. We have needs and challenges. And how do you kind of bring happiness uh, together with an older audience and make sure to kind of address some of their special needs and challenges?
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, in terms of my older clientele, it's important to focus. I mean, my focus is not on happiness. It's on specifically on satisfaction. And I can talk about the book in a minute, but the focus on satisfaction for my older clients is how to combat feelings of loneliness or decreasing confidence as they face losing significant others and retirement. And the six techniques that I talk about that make up sustainable life satisfaction can help them with that. And the reason that I focus on satisfaction and not happiness is because satisfaction is something that you can get from inside of yourself. It's not a fleeting emotion that's dependent on the outside world. People overfocus on, on happiness, which is, is an emotion, and it comes and goes. And, and people have been coming into my office for thousands of them for the past 30 years saying that they are, feel like they're failing at happy, but you can't fail at an emotion. So I like people to refocus their attention on, on satisfaction, which is a sense of contentment and peace. And try to give them the tools for that, and that can help my older clients as well.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, what inspired you to write about this? Because I think that uh, research about satisfaction—you um, know, kind of going beyond happiness towards satisfaction—is is crucial to us. And and again, uh, you know, I'm talking specifically about our older age uh, audience and their well being. And so, what what led to your interest in this uh, in this area?
1: I was inspired to write the book after I experienced three watershed experiences in my life. One was my son's life-threatening illness that required surgery. I had a life-threatening illness of my own, and then my father passed away. Those three events happened in a pretty short period of time, and they caused me to take stock of my life, what I was feeling, and what I wanted to accomplish. While I was thinking both about my family and my clients, I realized that at that time that my clients we're struggling with this idea of failing at happiness. And I wanted to help them with that. And that's when the kernels of sustainable life satisfaction were born. In retrospect, during those challenging times, I had leaned on sustainable life satisfaction techniques to get me through those times. And for some of my clients who have lost significant others, some older clients who have lost significant others or have retired, these same techniques work for them as they have for me. But an example is one of my clients who lost her husband and struggled mightily with feelings of loneliness and a lack of feeling of competence managing on her own. We worked on facing these technology fears to help her with competence. We worked on computer competence or even how to practice the parking meter payment applications and online billing. For each of these fears she faced, we then work on how she should write affirmations and self reinforce because that would help her with feelings of overall satisfaction. She also noticed that she had trouble with increasing isolation, and so we wanted to keep her active with family and friends, and part of that was joining a local church And then we noticed that she was having trouble driving in the dark because it was becoming more of a shut-in. She was having trouble with night blindness. So what we did was we decided that she should use the navigation system in her car, even for Ruth that she knew because the comfort of the auditory signaling from the GPS system in her car would help her not rely solely on her eyesight. All of these things then combined helped her with the confidence that would lead to more satisfaction. I, again, with a focus not being on happiness, but on internal satisfaction, confidence, and confidence.
0: Hi, it's Bob. We'll be right back with Dr. Jennifer Goodman and her new book, Beyond Happiness. All of us in the Not Old Better Show audience are absolutely concerned with hacking, fakes, and privacy. When it comes to privacy, most people tend to focus on things like tracking cookies and someone's internet browser history. But protecting your email privacy is even more important because emails contain an awful lot of information, both personal details and very sensitive details such as financial and health information or logging credentials. That you don't want falling into the wrong hands. I mentioned our sponsor today, SmartMail. So let me tell you a little bit about SmartMail because SmartMail is the secure email service that keeps your inbox safe. Every day, millions of people unknowingly risk their sensitive information through insecure email communication. Regular emails are like open postcards accessible to cyber criminals, companies, and even government agencies gmail yahoo mail and other popular email services scan and analyze the content of your emails to generate targeted ads they also keep copies of your emails sometimes for months after you deleted them this means that any email can be retrieved from your account if needed and shared with third parties such as government agencies despite google's promise To delete sensitive location data, a Washington Post investigation revealed that visits to personal locations like clinics and hospitals were still logged into Google's servers. Amazing. With Smartmail, you can enjoy secure email communication without surveillance or ads. Smartmail ensures your inbox is protected with advanced security features. Plus, you get 20 gigabytes of email storage, surpassing what free providers like Gmail offer. Switching to Startmail is hassle-free. An easy migration tool allows you to move your emails and contacts from Gmail or Outlook or Yahoo Mail and other providers with just a few clicks. It's really simple. I did it when I first signed up for Smart Mail. Our daily lives rely on the internet. Email privacy is crucial to protect personal and sensitive information from unauthorized access. Smartmail, based in the Netherlands, complies with the strict European General Data Protection Regulation, known as GDPR, ensuring your personal data is protected. Protecting your information is about safeguarding your rights to free speech and association, not about having something to hide. Sign up today. And save 50% on your first subscription year of Startmail. Go to startmail.com slash NOB. All of this will be in our show notes today. And join tens of thousands of people, including me, who trust Startmail for their email security needs. That's Startmail with a T, startmail.com slash NOB for 50% off. Thanks, everybody. We're with Dr. Jennifer Gutman. Dr. Jennifer Gutman has written the new book, "Beyond Happiness: The Six Secrets of Lifetime Satisfaction." I think the other area that that's such an important one for our audience is this idea of maintaining some purpose and some meaning uh, after we go through some of these transitions, either loss of a partner, um, end of a professional career. Some of those transitions kind of bring us back to a, a thought or a notion about what is our purpose what is our meaning and so i wonder if you talk specifically about how your book addresses some of that need you know finding a purpose giving us some practical advice for maintaining that fulfillment as we as we get a little older
1: I think- we go through life's changes it's critical that we don't lose our decision-making ability one of the techniques in my book is decision making and it's easy to delegate decision making to other people except when we do that we lose our sense of autonomy so i in the book i talk about facing fears making decisions and i think that it's critical no matter what your age that you continue to try to make decisions for yourself And I encourage that of my older clients as well. I think that there will be people that are encouraging them to give up their decision-making power. And I I work really hard to encourage them to retain it and also to to face fears. Like I was mentioning with a client earlier about facing technology fear and and continuing to find what their level of competence is even as the world changes around them. Uh, Because completing these tasks gives them a sense of, self-respect and and those feelings of satisfaction help them with a sense of fulfillment and purpose, even in transitions in their life. Another client that I have was languishing as she was later in life. And she felt like she was getting down and a little bit more depressed. And I encouraged her to join a garden club in her town because she really liked gardening at one point. That was an autonomous decision that she made based on an authentic desire that she had and it boosted her feelings of competence and self-respect so much and not only did it give her a sense of fulfillment but it also added a lot to social connection which is so important for all of us
0: yeah let's let's talk a little bit about the role of relationships and and social connections because i do think that they lead to a great deal of, of satisfaction and and well-being give us some additional recommendations and strategies um to make sure that we're overcoming these these periods now that many in in my audience, many in my generation are facing loneliness, isolation, which can be so harmful to um, mental health and physical health.
1: Absolutely, it's critical to combat loneliness and isolation and and i encourage strongly finding creative solutions especially to assert and advocate for your needs for connection I think that it's important to be open to navigating for a compromise with your loved ones, speaking up for what you want. And although you may not achieve the perfect solution for everyone involved, transparent conversations to move the needle forward is important. I have a client, even just this past week, who had been talking to me about how she felt like she wasn't seeing her daughter and son-in-law frequently enough, and it was it was making her feel frustrated. And, upset. and we talked about how to have a mindful conversation with them about what it was that her goal was, and maybe how she could look at what their goals were for the frequency of the visits, and maybe how they could come to a, a compromise. That conversation actually went very well, and although it may not have ended up in exactly the place that she wanted, she made a lot of movement closer to to center. The same is true of transparent conversations about the frequency of telephone calls, because I think that that telephone calls is another way for connection, whether they're video calls or just audio calls. Telephone calls shouldn't be a one-way street. I think a lot of times what happens is we get into a little bit of complacency waiting to be called and don't recognize that we can be the one to make the calls. Part of that is because technology can be confusing and we wait for calls because, phone, you know, we don't always understand phone technology or there, become, there becomes an issue with the phone technology. I have a lot of clients who, you know, they're, a relative of theirs will put their number on speed dial, and then the speed dial will become confusing, or uh, something will happen with the phone, and then they'll feel isolated because they don't know how to get their loved ones back on the telephone. And I encourage them to advocate for themselves with younger members of their family, and also to request patience from those members of their family while they're learning and relearning the technology, because we're in a technological world that moves so quickly around us. And I, I think that it's good to remind people that we're just we're asking for patience. I
0: also have I one. Love fam- no, no, you go. No, I don't mean to interrupt. Uh,
1: I I also have one family that did something that I thought was really, really fabulous in terms of. A connection. They ordered a photo frame for a a family member of theirs that was in an assisted living facility. And with the photo frame, every time they take a photograph on their iPhone, it automatically uploads to the photo frame in in their loved one's um, apartment in the assisted living facility. And it makes her feel like she's living all of their experiences with them as a shared experience. Uh, all they have to remember to do is upload the photo in wherever they are. And that adds so much to her feeling of connectedness because when she does see them or talk to them on the phone, she has seen all of these pictures of what they're doing all the time. And there's so much to communicate with about in real time. <laughs> I uh,
0: I have to tell you, I, I love that idea. My mom is 92 and living in a... Uh, a facility in, in the Seattle area, and I bought one of those uh, frames. And uh, mm-hmm. we take lots of pictures between uh, my wife and I and our two boys, and we have an email ready to go with those images, and they go right to her phone and she – or excuse me, right to the frame, which is in her room, mm-hmm. and she, yep. she just enjoys it. It's such a nice <laughs> idea. And it, it's a good example of kind of a multigenerational approach to helping – you know, our loved ones as, as we age.
1: I I think it's, I, I really think it's brilliant. Like, I think it's fantastic. And, and I actually think the frame is the easiest from a technological perspective, which is one of the reasons I love it. It doesn't really require them to do anything. And that's, that's why I love it as opposed to the phone or an iPad, which has been, I think very complicated in a lot of ways. This frame is this frame is amazing, actually, mm-hmm. and I think the frame also comes with a like very frequent surprise because you never know what you know the frame is going to have in store for yeah. you all the time, and I think yeah. that also gives them such like a good you know burst of energy and excitement because all of a sudden you could see something new that's happening with any family member at any time. It's great.
0: Yeah, it, I will tell you, as you were talking about that idea of surprise, that's, that's so true. That just rings true for us in our family too. The other thing that is really kind of nice, and I'll just, I'll just leave this with you. We don't necessarily have to go there, although if you, if you have an opinion, I'm certainly welcome to it. And that is that our, our two boys, they almost struggle at times with things to talk to their grandmother about. And when there's a photo, it, it opens up this whole, conversation this whole dialogue between the two of them and they get a chance to add my mom gets a chance to ask questions of her grandsons about how the photo was taken where it was who's in the photo and it just opens up a nice dialogue as opposed to just this hi grandma how are you and then the conversation just kind of lapses <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> Um, I, what I would say, I think that that's amazing. and I think you're right. That is a great way to have conversations. And I also think depending on the age, what can also be great, depending on the age, when the schools are really good at some point of adding like family history into the Mm. curriculum. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, it encourages young people to seek out older family members for legacy information that is going to be lost and I have seen so many young people then have such rich conversations with older family members like trying to get the stories that they they didn't know like what was this like when you were growing up what was school like what were you know what was socializing like what were you know what were recreational activities like and it opens up a whole new world for them and it usually starts with a school assignment but can open up a lot of really interesting dialogue about a world that it feels much more personal to them than they're reading in a history
0: book so true we of course are with Dr. Jennifer Gutman Dr. Gutman has written this fantastic new book and you can hear in Dr. Gutman's voice her passion for this subject the title of the book is Beyond Happiness the 6 Secrets of Lifetime Satisfaction. Dr. Gutman, the book is getting great reviews. I don't have to tell you that, but I would <laughs> definitely want to tell my audience that uh, Amy Scher, the best-selling author of How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can, has said, Dr. Gutman's book is a game changer. It offers a crystal clear plan on how to transform everyday patterns and lead to a more joyful life. I love that And I think that says so much just as you do about this book and this topic. And I want to ask you a little bit more about aging Mm -hmm. and because it's so relevant and important to all of us. um, It takes a village and we're all kind of thinking about physical and cognitive changes at various stages of life. And I wonder how Mm -hmm. your book addresses some of those challenges and offers us ways to adapt and thrive in the face of of some of those changes as they present themselves.
1: Yes. One of the techniques in my book is to face a fear every day, and that is something that transcends age and is important to do for everybody. So, you know, and when I talk about facing fear, I make a point that when I say that that people should face a fear, I don't mean running into traffic. I mean, doing anything that you're avoiding doing because it feels uncomfortable, so the idea of it is that you want to be able to say to yourself, wow, I did this, this thing that I couldn't do yesterday. Uh, and so that you can say to yourself, I did that because it brings a feeling of, of competence. Um, I have a client who has a lot of trouble walking. One of the challenges that we came up with for her was that she was going to try to walk five extra steps every other day. Uh, she loves this strategy. Sometimes she does it inside. Sometimes if it's really beautiful weather, and she can get outside. She does it outside, but it gives her also it gives her purpose. But it 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 makes her feel so proud of herself because it does help her with a a feeling of physical strength and capability, and and it gives her a goal. So that, you can do that with any kind of physical challenge that you want to do. You can do it with any motor task. You can do it walking. You can do it with small motor tasks, large motor tasks. And it doesn't matter how large or small it is because any task that you work on that you feel like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm proud that I did this is, is great. Uh, people even do it with, I'm sure you've heard of this task because a lot of people do it, but, you know, the brushing your teeth task where depending on your motor ability, it's it's good to try to brush your teeth with the opposite hand. In terms of cognitive challenges, I have a, a client that struggles with some cognitive challenges. So we had set up a, a cognitive challenge where she tries to beat uh, uh, her last high score on a repetitive task. And she likes that. So then when she meets with me at our next at each next appointment, she can tell me whether she Beat her last high score, and and there's you know some accountability. I mean, accountability happens to be with me, but it could be with with anybody. It, you know, it could it could be with a with a family member, it could be with yourself, it could be it could be with anybody. Because the idea behind it is to be able to tell yourself, you know, look what I look what I did. I did something I thought that I that I couldn't do, and it can just be by one number. You know,
0: you know I beat my last high score by one number. <laughs> you got to be competitive all the time. <laughs>
1: Uh, whenever I have a client that is trying to not let not reach out to somebody and restrict, I'm like, just do it for one extra day. One extra day yep. is enough.
0: One more time.
1: <laughs> one more time is plenty. Yes. That's all your brain needs to know is that you did it for one more time.
0: That's good, Dr. Gutman. It's just been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, one final question. You you say in the book that kind of this journey. Of moving beyond happiness to satisfaction and contentment is is just so rewarding. And and I wonder if you just leave us with, you know, just kind of an upbeat um, message from you about maintaining this struggle to overcome isolation. Again, you you've touched on it. I just think isolation, and loneliness are so important to us. But we just we do have to find some reward in the journey, especially at this stage in our I life.
1: Mean- I think that what's important is that you want to have, find, there. there's three critical pieces. I mean, connection is important, tasks are important, and purpose is important. And I think if you look at it as buckets, it's, it's really, it, it will help if you think of it as like, okay, I want to have my connection bucket. How am I going to have, you know, make decisions and face fears? to make sure that my connection bucket is full, what tasks are, am I going to do to make sure that that helps lead to feeling a sense of confidence in my life. So what decisions can I make that help me do that? So tasks could be like going to movies with people or eating meals with people that that's good. And then in terms of a sense of purpose, you know, is there anything that I can do in terms of, you know, either cognitive challenges, physical challenges, or, Even clients of mine who have joined local churches or gardens clubs or women's groups or anything that will give you a sense of purpose in life. So if you think about it as buckets, I think that overall that can give you a really nice sense of of purpose as you get older and not make you feel that your life has become super narrow.
0: So helpful. Dr. Jennifer Gemman, our guest today, has written this fantastic book, Beyond Happiness, The Six Secrets of Lifetime Satisfaction, we will put links so that our audience can find out more information about the book, more information about Dr. Gutman and her strategies, which I, you know, I I really have emphasized, uh, you know, kind of my older age audience, Dr. Gutman, but the strategies work so well because they just have this universal applicability too. And, you know, we we need to be mindful in our families that we can help each other At any age, irrespective of our of our station. And so you've you've done such a great job with this book. Congratulations on everything. Please come back and talk to us again as you do more research, because we'd love to hear more.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I would love that. I love that. And I love that you said that it was intergenerational, because one of the things that I love about the book is when people pass it through families, because. They feel like it is applicable to people of of all ages. So it's very kind of you. And I would love to come and speak to your audience again. And thank you to your audience as well.
0: Well, we will have you back. I promise that. And yeah, all great points. Again, my best to you and your family and yours. Just keep up the great work and uh, I'll follow up.
1: That sounds great. Thank you so much.
0: My thanks to psychologist Dr. Jennifer Goodman, author of the new book, Beyond Happiness, The Six Secrets of Lifetime Satisfaction. My thanks to Startmail at Startmail.com for sponsoring today's episode. Startmail.com, private email that you can trust. My thanks to the wonderful Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. My thanks to you, my equally wonderful Not Old Better Show audience here on radio and podcast. Please be well, be safe, and let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next week.